You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! The unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Featuring site publishers Carrie Murdoch and Josh McQuistian, along with videographer Eddie Radosevich. It's the unofficial 40 on Soonerscoop.com. All right, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. It is the unofficial 40 once again on Soonerscoop.com. As uh, I struggle with equipment once again. There we go. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Carrie Murdoch, Eddie Radosevich, Josh McQuiston joining you here uh, on the post-Ohio State, post-number two ranking in the country edition of the unofficial 40. And uh, I feel so old this morning. I woke up, did the radio show, and I just wanted to crawl back in bed and die. But I felt, I felt younger when I went to the press conference today and realized everyone else is dying. Uh, including our man Eddie Radosevich, who is sitting across from me. Eddie and I, well. Eddie and I, almost came to blows yesterday because uh, we were both so tired and grumpy. I think we just had enough of traveling and each other. And Eddie really wanted to do the podcast as soon as we got here yesterday. I was hot. I was ready to go. And I was like, I can't do a podcast because here's the thing. Like Josh, you can feel my pain. Maybe I don't know. Maybe Eddie can too. I, like just us sitting here talking and doing the podcast. That's not a big deal. That's the easy part. But after it's over, you've got to do all the editing and the uploading and the rundown, and you got to sit there and wait for Stitcher to come online and iTunes to come on Google. So you've got the, the article ready to go, and you're just sitting there, refresh, 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 trying to see, is this in the iTunes, iTunes store yet? Is this in Google Play yet? So it takes like four hours before you can get the podcast up. And I was not staying up four hours after we did a 30-minute podcast yesterday. Just getting it up. I, I was not into it, and Eddie wanted to do it badly. I was here for the people. He, he he really did. He was fighting. He was like, you promised people that you would do a podcast. I said, you can, tell the, you can tell And them. I said, F those people. No, I didn't say that. He might have said that. <laughs> I, I never I said that. I never said Not verbatim. That. I just said. <laughs> not verbatim. I am not doing a podcast. I said, I am exhausted. I had had one hour of sleep, and I wasn't going to do a podcast after, like, 47 hours of being up. We were up a long time. There was so much driving. And the the thing about it though was is like it really it just sucked that the game was so late it started at 7:30. So, I mean, we didn't get done with the press box stuff until 2:15. It left, is was when 2:15. We left the press I was going to say 2:30. Well, you left, but I went to go get the car. See, yeah. I was even nice like I went to get the damn car to pull it around right up to you so you could finish doing video. Like Eddie has done that for me in the past before. I think he did it at Kansas one time. It just, it was a bad timing because then we had to drive back to Cincinnati. We literally got back to the hotel 
ate a little bit of food at 4.45 in the morning. It went right through me. I, at White I Castle. I found out that White Castle at 4.15 or 4.30 in the morning goes completely through me. <laughs> there, It was, uh, that was, yeah, that was, it was good though. It was if delicious. I had walked to the White Castle, I would have just taken a dump in the middle of some parking lot somewhere. I would have had to. And the area of Cincinnati that that was in, it might have been pretty acceptable for that. Yeah, to I think that probably happens all the time where we were. In fact, you might have <laughs> the a, riverfront. A, you might have actually been able to score some we crack were, while doing it. We were on the riverfront on the Kentucky side, which there's some nice place. Like we went to a nice bar, you know, that was had decent food. It was okay. Like they don't do barbecue very well in in Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm guessing We've you don't go to that. Cincinnati for barbecue. Uh, I Eddie did go to Skyline. And that didn't run right through you? No, not at all. It he was liked good. it. It was pretty good. Not as not as much as Coney Islander. Wrote, I'd right? say Coney Islander is my still my number Shout one because I still sponsorships went, available. I still went with. Uh, I didn't get like the actual chili and stuff. So I, I I mean I got chili, but it was just a chili dog. So it wasn't like you didn't the, get like the, the three full, way, the five way. Yeah, maybe next time I'll do that. It's kind of like scattered, covered, and chunked for chili. It was still really good. It was good though. Maybe I was just hungry too. We were definitely hungry to go to White Castle. Very hungry. That was after I I hadn't eaten all day, so it's kind of like eating mush with a tiny bit of beef in it. Like the the buns don't taste like you can taste like the buns have an aftertaste. I'll say this: we were probably the only sober people that ate at White Castle on <laughs> that Saturday. There was some dude at the Courtyard Marriott up on the very. He had like I don't know if they have a penthouse at the Courtyard Marriott. But that dude was partying, and he was screaming, and Eddie was Snapchatting him the entire time. Yeah, it was at 4.15 in the morning. It felt like we were there for a month. It really did. I, those, there, there was a lot of cocaine probably being done in that Courtyard Marriott. So we started out our trip going to uh, uh, Mount Healthy High School, which is a lovely field. Like I, I don't know that there's a field like that in Oklahoma anywhere. It's down like in a little valley surrounded by trees what's the most i mean guthrie has a really unique stadium yeah but it was it was more so it was it was different than guthrie as far as like you you had to walk like a half a mile down this hill when luckily they, they had golf carts they had golf we would never have made it back up that would have sucked so uh we went and saw tavion thomas and uh i gotta say josh we kind of came away unimpressed i don't think i'm feeling I don't think I'm saying anything that Eddie disagrees with. He had a couple of turnovers. I'll I, say this. I'll say this. It was the worst high school game I have been to in years. three to four years. Yeah. It was not good. It was Dayton Dunbar's coaches don't do any signaling, so they just yell everything. And they're yelling five different things at one time. It was They struggled, too. I mean, they had six turnovers, so... Things could have probably been different if you cut down the turnovers, but here's uh, my, okay. Here's my you know, my critical analysis of Tavian Thomas. We're kind of just burying the lead, though. Yeah, we are about OU. Well, let's get into it then. It's it's the flag and the flag controversy. Baker Mayfield met with the media today uh, for the first time since he well no not the second time since he buried the flag. The first time there was so much uh, glad gladness, nobody was really talking about it. Uh, but Baker Mayfield, he uh, he answered why he did the flag, which here's what happened. So Baker Mayfield is over celebrating with his teammates within the OU section. 
and he sees someone that has the OU flag, and it's it's all bundled up. So he unfurls the flag and starts running around the stadium, and I'm following him. Like, I literally ran at one point in the postgame taking photos. Uh, so Baker is running around the concourse or the outer ring of the stadium, and the fans are all, he's high-fiving people. And then I notice he takes a turn to midfield, and my first thought is, oh, Baker, don't do it. Don't plant that flag in the middle of the O at the 50-yard line. Like, this could be bad. And and as he's getting into the – he gets into the midfield and the O, and he's swinging around, and I literally had the thought, like, you should watch your back. Look around, because I could just see a couple of hillbillies barreling out of the stands, you know, in all – with all intents and purposes to stop Baker Mayfield from doing what he's getting ready to do. But there was nobody coming – he slammed the flag down in the artificial surface, which it did not stick. It just fell over. And I really thought at the moment, like, this is too much. Like, this is going to be a big deal. And it, it did. And here's Baker Mayfield kind of talking about that moment when he decided to uh, plant the flag. Uh, it's a combination of things. Yeah, part of it's last year. Um, you know, and like I said in the press conference, that was embarrassing for them to Sing their fight song on our field. You know, I, they probably feel the same way right now. Uh, but then, yeah, we, we, we've had that mood in the locker room that nobody believes in us. You know, the guys, we were able to catch, you know, the fact that nobody picked us on game day. Uh, we were able to, you know, you see it in social media throughout the week that, I mean, they were about 80% of the country voted for Ohio State to win. And so, uh, right now, uh, we believe in ourselves. And quite frankly, that's all that matters. So it kind of started this morning on Lincoln Riley's teleconference. Uh, I think it was even Suzanne Halliburton that asked the question of, she didn't really phrase it exactly the way that, you know, I thought someone might. She, she said, would you think about talking to Baker to ask him if he wanted to make an apology or something along those lines? And Lincoln's response was, well, if I had that conversation, I wouldn't make it public. So you knew, like, he had two questions about the flags this morning on a telecopter. There's usually just dead. There's nothing that goes on in those things. So in ends up, Baker Mayfield comes in today to his press conference that he had before Lincoln Riley, and he issues, I don't know, I guess we can debate after, he issues an apology? Uh, before any questions, I'm just going to go ahead and address the whole flag deal. Um, you know, it's a, it was an emotional game. I, I told you guys that last week that it was a, I knew that it was going to have a lot of implications on the, the playoffs, and so we, that's the way we were prepared. And so it was an emotional game. And so um, after the game, it did not mean for it to be disrespectful towards any Ohio State people at all, especially not the team or the players, because they're a great team and a great program. So I didn't mean it to uh, be disrespectful at all. I mean, we do. We do the flag thing at OU Texas, and so um, that's just something that I got caught up in an emotional win. And, you know, yeah, it should have been something I did in the locker room, so I apologize for doing it in the middle of the field. And then uh, Lincoln Riley was asked to chime in on it as well. I'm not surprised. I mean, I because, again, I know, I know him well enough to know what he meant by it. Uh, not anything... Uh, not anything disrespectful towards Ohio State. It was an emotional game, um, and it was, you know, him celebrating with his teammates, and, and you know, and that's, uh, you know, I know that's why it happened. And so, uh, am I surprised he said something? No, um, 
I'm glad that I don't think it should take away from the quality of the game that it was. There's two really, really good football teams on the field. It was a great atmosphere in Columbus. Um, they did a great job, um, and like I said, it was it was a fun game. And uh, so I think you know, and you see how by how many people watched it that the rest of the country agreed as well. So that to me should be the focus of what happened. So uh, anyway, that is Lincoln Riley's take on it, and both of them. What I found interesting, guys, is both of them said no disrespect intended, basically. Right. Do we buy that? Uh, no. Can, I, can it be bought? It was all... Is it semantics? Is that the right word? Yes. It, that, it's all semantics. Actually, I, that's more like spin. It's all spin, then. And I I think it's... It, it went from the... Maybe it's, it's the reason... It's the greatest... It's a top 25 moment in Oklahoma football history... And then it was total disrespect. I mean, absolutely, it was awesome. You don't get in the middle of a field and start jumping up and down on someone's logo. Look, oh, you almost got into a brawl with West Virginia before their game last year because West Virginia thought that they were going to jump up and down on their logo at the end of warmups. That I mean, oh, you knows what the deal is about the midfield. They know how serious people take their midfield logos. Everybody's known that since Terrell Owens slammed that football down. On the start right. at, at the old Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Which is just, it, it's awesome. I, I thought it was fabulous. I thought it was absolutely fabulous that Mayfield did it. And I think that everybody <laughs> that has a problem with it is a huge pussy. So, oh, I don't know if I can let that word go. Uh, yeah, I guess I've said it on Twitter. So, I, I Josh, I don't know your take on this. I don't know if you care. But I think to pretend like, when you slam your flag down on someone's midfield logo or in the middle of it to say that no disrespect was intended, I mean, stop stop pissing on my leg and tell me it's raining. Exactly. The apology is worse than the act because the apology is just so I, disingenuous Hollow. is not the right word. They're saying what they feel like they have to say. But it's crap. Obviously, it was disrespectful. There's no one on planet Earth that thought, you know what, Ohio State's going to love this if we do this. They're really going to appreciate it. I was this. wondering like, if they were going to come running out of that locker room. Like, you know, they, uh, on, the, on the TV feed, they immediately, when he did it, they cut to like the hallway that runs into the Ohio State locker room, and you could see all the players still just kind of ushering in to their main locker room. And I had the same thought, and you could tell their producer did too, like, are they, is this going to become a thing? And then, you know, Mike Weber made some comment about, well, he waited until we left the field to do that or whatever. Hey, Mike and Weber, you had three carries. Sit your ass down. I, I, the, it, it's just one of those things like, do you know Baker Mayfield? I think he'd have fed on it more if you were there. Like, I, I think he'd have loved for you to have watched that, even if it meant him getting punched. You know, the, like, I, I don't think that would bother him at all. I, but I'm with Eddie, like, to me, when we said, oh, we're burying the lead, I thought we are going to talk about the game. To me, this is such a stupid non-story, like, I mean, it's a story, but I don't know why you get hurt about it. Like, it's fun. It's not, he, he's not, nobody got hurt, nothing, it didn't change anything, he didn't hurt the field, like, I, I, it's just, why do you care so much about this? Was anybody from Ohio State upset when they broke out the basic D stuff last week? Can no, you imagine though? Or can you year. imagine? Can you imagine though, if this had been Michigan? Oh my God, that would have been a riot in the stands. Oh yeah, God, it would have been awesome. It'd I mean, been, I mean been... like we, we talk about the <laughs> the Pistons and the Pacers, man. Like that was one of the great things ever. 
when you have the players in the stands. No, I mean that's too Not far. Not the David Stern, it wasn't. But it's just it's I, just old people running fun again. But here's the thing: like Baker admitted later on, like he knew it was disrespectful. Here's here's Baker. I mean, like I said, it was an emotional win. So obviously, if they did that here, I would have been pissed too. So. Um, not surprised at looking back on it. Uh, you know, I, I understand why they, they're very upset about it, but I didn't mean it to be disrespectful in, in any way. Yes, you did. You did! Like, if he could go back and do it all over again, I would hope that he'd do it again and then just take his pants down and piss on the middle of the field. Okay, that's too far. Nobody would want to see that. Nobody Eddie needs goes to too see, far. Nobody that, needs that. to see somebody's penis. Or they could, I mean, I don't know. It's not like he was having sexual relations with Urban Meyer's daughter. It's it's just one of those things like I don't feel like I, people always talk about, oh, the NFL, the no fun league, because they won't allow things that are, you know, anything that gets lets a guy show some personality. That's all this was. It was Baker Mayfield being Baker Mayfield. But is, like, it, is it an eye for an eye? Is singing your fights or your school song on someone else's field? I mean, Texas does that after games. Who cares if even if it wasn't? I think Baylor does that after games. But did you hear a lot of OU fans bitching about that last year when when there was this whole you know I didn't even realize they'd done it the singing the well, song what, what they got I pissed thought the off. basic D thing was funny no what they got pissed off was because they grabbed the sign out of the stands that said basic defense yeah because Eddie took and, a photo put it out on the scoop account I mean everybody was down there taking photos it was just yeah it, it would have been embarrassing for me if I were a player they they yep. but is it an eye for eye though I mean. Singing the school song and planting a flag symbolically on in the middle of someone's 50-yard line, they're two different things. Well, then let's hope Ohio State is motivated to schedule another home-and-home and, home and we can see whatever they're going to do should they win in Norman. Like, Well, here's the thing, Josh. They might not have to schedule. If they, if, if they rebound and they somehow meet up in the college football playoff, oh, there's, there's going to be a fight before that game. Yes. I, I think you would literally see some punches thrown. There I at, at, for the Ohio State players, I kind of get why they would be pissed off. Like, he's Anybody out there with them, would be blah, blah, blah. I kind of get that. Any team but, would be. If a team wasn't pissed off, that team would suck. Fair. Yeah. And they, right. would, they, they would not have any fight in them whatsoever. Yep. But that, I mean, I don't, I, people never seem to grasp, like, that's the stuff that's great about college football. Like, the, the stuff that shouldn't have, I mean, like, Kids being kids. Like, Baker Mayfield's a 22-year-old guy. He's going to do stupid, crazy stuff sometimes. But that's kind of what you love about him, is that he's just chaotic. Yeah. You love it if he's yours. Yeah. Oh, no. If if I was a fan, you know, of another team, I certainly would understand why they hated Baker Mayfield. At the same time, if I was an Oklahoma fan, I get why they love the guy. I mean, he's one of those people. There's no middle ground with him. You love him or you hate him. There's no room in the middle. Here's the, here's what I wonder though is Baker he doesn't really know where the line is but he crosses it does that give carte blanche for other people to do stupid things like I'm not saying this was a stupid thing but like last night I saw where Justin Broyles uh, quote tweeted uh, Woodbay's official visit tweet with a, a laughing emoji a, a crying laughing emoji I love it embrace the bad boy attitude. You want camos? You want Miami? Yes, absolutely. 86? I want I want team you want the U? that will like show up, and you know there's going to be a fight at midfield before the game. I want I want a team that that the old people that tell people to sit down at Owen Field 
don't want representing OU. I want that style. And I think they need to embrace it. But is it, can we? And I told you, I told impossible? you yesterday, Carrie, class is overrated. <laughs> you did say that. Here's the thing, like, is, are we not far, are we, are we far enough removed from Baker's summer incident or spring incident? Or he got arrested was? for being drunk. Well, that's what I'm saying. Who cares? I'm, I'm just saying Heisman voters might care. If you if you if, start if you're not going to vote for if you're not going to vote for Baker Mayfield for the Heisman because he put a, a flag in the middle of somebody's field, you are the world's biggest bitch ever. <laughs> They're out. You there. voted for Jameis Winston. Yeah, that's true. And he uh, he broke law. I mean, like even if you want to ignore the big thing that may have happened with him, he broke some. He literally broke he some stole laws. Crabs. Like yeah. we know he did. Yeah, and the like, other- Baker Mayfield didn't do anything illegal. The other, the other overlying fact of that, too, is probably there's a lot of people that have Heisman votes that don't deserve them. Oh, there's no doubt. Oh, that's, yeah. That, you know who probably has a Heisman vote? Sam Hunt. The guy who literally on game day admitted he doesn't watch college football, really. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. He's the country music singer that he was the quarterback at UAB years ago, and they brought him on for the week one against Florida State and Alabama. I, Didn't I he go forgot eight and you one? guys wouldn't have seen it. Didn't he go 8-1, and one, though? He did. He went eight and one, but he, like in the middle of it, he's just like, "Yeah, I haven't really watched college football in the last two or three years. I'm just going to go with South Carolina because of SEC or something." And you're like, "Oh my god!" Like they're not. I mean, but after Katy Perry, I think they wave the white flag of you know any concern of did did knowing football matter at all. Jeez, maybe after I, the I did not know about this Desmond. <laughs> maybe it wasn't Katy Perry. We got a chance to watch some college game day this week. I just went back to sleep. It's just so terrible. So, uh, the flag incident, yeah, it's it was all the talk today. I'm sure it's going to be the syndicated, aggregated content piece of the day for all the Bleacher Reports and SB Nations and all that stuff. And then they'll run it through, like, Thursday of this week. Uh, well, they should, because I was saying this. I, I felt so old this morning. I still feel old. But I went to the press conference, and it was like zombie central. Everybody was... I felt better about myself because it was... Other than the the flag stuff, it was a really bland, boring it, press conference. It was your typical day, you know, Monday after a huge win. It was your hangover with, press conference. Yeah, with nothing coming up this weekend. Everybody was... Like, some people just... I think the Oklahoman people, like, started flying back at 8 o'clock last night. Yeah, they got back really late. So they got back at midnight... We drove all over the place. I mean, we literally drove four and a half hours to fly four hours. Or longer than that. Accurate. Because it's an hour. It was an hour and 45. Anyway. So, uh, the other thing that came out today, it was interesting, I think, that people want to know about, is the status of Mark Andrews. Uh, It's some very good news there, as uh, Lincoln Riley was asked about it today. Uh, Mark's good. We think Mark will play this week. He's he's doing well, um, improving quickly. Uh, will Johnson still up in there? That that'll uh, that decision hadn't been made yet. He was also asked about the status of Cody Ford. He's doing he's doing okay. He's one of those guys we'll continue to evaluate through the week. And I, Eddie, do you remember seeing Cody Ford leave or anything? I, no, I never. He's a large human, he's hard to miss. <laughs> I know that, and it's weird. Like I, he had to have gone in at halftime, and something happened, uh, or he he brought it up to somebody, to a trainer or something, because he never came back out. And that's when you saw Ben Powers go in, who 
you know, Lincoln Riley said wasn't even supposed to play on Saturday. Yeah, uh, he could have gone in at halftime and then just never came out. I think that's that has to have been what happened because he never he was never injured during a play where they had to bring a trainer out during on the field or uh, anything like that. So it, it was that was a very odd. I don't. It's not as odd as Mark Andrews though, because I we were all watching. They showed him on television. Yeah, I rewatched the the game last night before I went to bed, or I actually went to bed, woke up, watched the game, went back to bed, and. They, I mean, they caught it pretty quick that he was getting evaluated on the side, and it was after the play where he went over the middle, and you know, one of the Ohio State players dove at his legs, and it looked like he kind of caved in his knee from the left side, and so it was his left knee, and they were sitting there working on it, and he was grimacing in pain, all of that stuff, and then he never comes back in the game, but I was behind the bench as the seconds were winding down, was taking some photos. And he's just standing there with the rest of the team. Like, nothing's going on. I mean, putting weight on his leg. So, what this leads you to believe is that it was some type of a severe bruise that he had. And not ligament damage. He wasn't hurt. He had a boo-boo. Eddie's calling uh, into question his manlyhood. His manliness. I, you have to! If it's just a thigh bruise or a... What I was told is a quad. A bruise quad. That's the same thing as a thigh. And I've obviously, I've never had that injury, so I don't know how bad it hurts. I have, I'm sure I did it, talk to someone who has had it, and they said it's bad. extremely painful. Just makes me go, hmm. You don't feel, like, grateful? Like, oh, it's not that bad. Because, I mean, I want to watch Mark Andrews. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah. I, it, it's tremendous news for Oklahoma. There's no doubt about that. And especially the type of year that he has, you know, through the first five quarters, I guess, of the season... Uh, even even early in Columbus, he had a he had a nice reception on a third down. So I he drew a, a personal foul that or a pass interference that extended the second drive of the game. I mean, he's going to be a major threat. It, it is tremendous news on the field. It just off the field. It makes me wonder. Well, Will Johnson, you did say that you thought he was wobbly when he yeah. Was leaving uh, the field. Nathan Thompson from Tulsa got really good video of him. He was down in the end zone when they took him back up the uh, to the OU tunnel, and uh-huh. he. Uh, Scott Anderson had his arm. Now that's scary. And he was holding. I mean, them. a guy that's had concussion problems was held out basically half the season last year because of concussion. It makes you wonder what. I'm not going to be shocked if they come back and say Will Johnson's decided to give up football. Right, and you know, I, I, I think that that's probably just a personal. De- is that just a personal decision that you have to make? Oh, I, I think the doctors would advise him. But he can say, "I'm not listening." No, to No, they could not clear play. him. It's just like with Charles Walker. Right, they cleared him. After concussion issues, but he chose not to play. Okay. But if they say if they won't clear you, you can't play again, because they could be sued for letting somebody go back on the field. Yeah. It's it'll be interesting. I I would Robert expect Barnes. Him to play for a he while. wasn't asked about today or addressed, but his was pretty mild. I mean, he had a, a pulled hamstring. He was running. He was running around time. after yeah. the game. I saw him after on the field. But Khalil Houghton, I thought, did a really good job. Josh, I know you, you're doing the Monday morning idiot, but Khalil Houghton broke up some passes in that game. He did. I, I, I mentioned it. I thought he flashed a couple of times uh, against UTEP, and I thought, okay, you know, but it's UTEP. You just don't know what to make of that. And then he had a couple of really nice plays against Ohio State, had a tackle in the flat that was really good. Uh, like you mentioned, broke up a couple of passes. He... I don't know if the light just came on. I don't know what it is, but he's starting to look like the guy. I mean, because 
you know, you guys remember he was a guy I was really big on coming out of high school. And the first two years, I never saw that same guy. I, and I didn't know what it was. I thought he was probably more likely to see the field early than Will Sunderland. And, you know, we, we've kind of gone through that whole thing. But I, I liked what I saw. thought he had a really good night. I thought Chance Sylvie made some nice plays. Um, you know, that, that was uh, – Will Johnson – you know, we kind of glanced, kind of glossed over that. He was playing really, really well before he got hurt. He had that great tackle on Ohio State's first possession. If he doesn't make that play, that's probably a 25, 30 yard gain, and Ohio State's rolling right out of the blocks there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you're thin, and it's kind of scary, and I don't know what else you could really do. Uh, you, you've already lost Jordan Parker. If you lose Will Johnson, all of a sudden that secondary is playing basically without a net. Nobody, nobody's going to be there to really pick it up, unless you want to try. Well, unless you want to try and move like a Justin Broyles or something. I don't think you do that you already. Do. You're so far into the season, even though it's so two skinny, weeks in, yeah. it's hard to do. I, the, it, you know, Carrie, I, I think you've wrote about it though. The, the biggest surprise coming out of Columbus on Saturday night, when you get past the fact that Baker Mayfield threw touchdowns to a walk-on wide receiver and a fullback and a running back, is the fact that. Uh, OU defensively, Mike Stoops stand up a little bit. Not bad. It was a good. It was a good night for him. Uh, and uh, Mike Stoops, I would say probably as giddy as I've ever seen him in recent memory. Memory in a post game uh, press conference. Here's Mike Stoops talking about uh, the defense last year versus what we saw Saturday night. Well, you know, I probably one of my worst coaching jobs ever a year ago. That's for sure. Um, so it's, you know, it's gratifying, I, I think. It's probably, I was probably more embarrassed in the way, we, you know, we played the game than, than them. Uh, so, you know, that's, that part's, you know, it's good, you know, personally and, you know, for our players. We, we put them, we did a better job putting our players in position to, to have success. And, you know, a lot of people talk about our even front and going to a four-man. They, they kind of thrive off a four-man front. And, you know, we kind of played into their hands a year ago, and I appreciate all you guys telling everyone we'd be in a four-man front, so uh, maybe they weren't quite ready for it. So uh, the, there's Mike Stoops, and I know there's kind of all back and forth about who's you know deserves credit for this and that. I'll say this, Josh, and you can back me up. The defensive line played really well in this game. I mean, we knew Obo Karanko was good, but you saw Neville Gallimore. You even saw Devontae Lampkin in there a little bit late. Uh, Matt Romard, uh, Q Overton. DJ Ward had a really good game. Uh, but if you can look, you can't sit here and say, oh, Ruffin McNeil's the difference. He came in and he's got Mike doing things better. That's not really what's going on. But what you can say is Ruffin McNeil has done a hell of a job reaching these defensive linemen, especially the interior guys, and getting them to play at a very high level. I think that's completely fair. I mean, you know, you look, uh, this is the second straight week that. I thought Q Overton flashed a bunch of times. I mean, he really was moving the pocket and doing, you know, against UTEP, you can say, you know, competition, whatever. Ohio State, maybe their best lineman is Billy Price, their center, who Overton's going to line up against snap after snap, and he really had a nice day against him. Uh, you mentioned Gallimore. I talked to a few people kind of yesterday afternoon, and there was a lot of, well, maybe he didn't grade really well, but he worked really hard. You kept seeing Gallimore making plays out in the flats and that kind of stuff. So I don't think he was that dominating 
as far as point of attack, you know, beating his man, that kind of thing. But he was running all over the field, helping make tackles, you know, corralling guys, that kind of thing. So I, I really liked him. And you mentioned him. I think you could make a case that DJ Ward was Oklahoma's best defensive lineman on Saturday night. And I never in a million years thought I would say that sentence. Well, okay, if you take Oboe out of it, sorry. I, uh, if you want to include him, then obviously Oboe's your man. But with that exception, I thought DJ Ward played a, a really, really strong game. Uh, and here's a name you want to see up on the charts that you didn't see in game one. And you give me your breakdown of how you thought he did, Josh, because I haven't had a chance to sit and watch it critically. But he did stand out a few times just watching it you know, last night before bed. Uh, but Kenneth Murray, fourth on the team in tackles with five, I thought he really made a jump this week. He looked like a different guy to me. There were several times when he was – I mean, not just where he needed to be. He was there ahead of time. He was seeing things. Uh, I, I actually, I'm about, I'm early third quarter in the Ohio State game for the idiot right now. And um, what I saw on one play in particular, uh, JT Barrett, no, it was, excuse me, it wasn't JT Barrett. They had run a, um, a wide receiver, kind of like a quick, uh, oh, what am I looking at? Uh, the receiver was in motion. They kind of handed him the ball and he a jet went. Sweep. I jet yeah, sweep. Yeah. God, I couldn't get it. And they take it, and he, the guy's going to make the corner. He, he was going to make a play, and Murray literally beats him to the corner, kind of had stayed home, was right where he should have been. He stepped up into the lane, and he filled, and the receiver had to cut back inside where Oklahoma had good pursuit. Murray didn't make that tackle. You're not going to give him credit for it, but if he's not there, that's a big play for Ohio State. And since he was there, he filtered everything back to his defensive line. Uh, I, again, I thought that front seven – really played well. I, I don't think that's a great Ohio State offensive line, especially in the run game. Yeah. But I it's a it's, a, better it's than Ohio most, State. Yeah. I mean, it's still really good. I would say the thing that impressed me the most and the thing that, you know, I think you would worry about as no you fan the most is when you watch that Indiana game, like JT Barrett would get to the and he did it several times, but JT Barrett would get the ball out on the edge and he would he was just faster than everybody like they like Indiana's defense didn't have the speed to contain him and i was th- you know i'm watching that game thinking okay well is are OU's young you know linebackers and and DBs are they going to be able to get out there uh, when he's on the corner like that and for the most part and and unless there was a time i think when DJ Ward collapsed inside a time when Obo collapsed inside when he got the edge on him a little bit but overall like you know Jake there was one play it was a uh, a, a little screen pass to a receiver. It was like third and four or something like that. It might have been third and six. And you, you'll remember the play. It was it was towards uh, the TV boundary, I guess you could call it. But OU players started running him down. He started running backwards, trying to get an angle, and he couldn't outrun the OU defense. And he ended up he he ended up he was about a yard short of the first down. When the pursuit started, he lost about two more yards, and they didn't get the first down and had to punt. I mean, I was really I, impressed by at times by OU's speed on defense. I, I, I'm with you, and that's something actually I, I – in one of the last updates I got to before we started uh, the pod was there was a play, and it's, it's on that Ohio State first drive, and they actually go down and score a touchdown. And Parnell Motley, it's just a little wide receiver screen. They throw it out to him real quick. And Motley's there to make a play. No, it wasn't a screen. I'm sorry. It's a little, little comeback route. Well, anyway, Motley comes up to make the play. He misses the tackle. Murray's almost immediately there, and he slows the guy down, but he still kind of misses the tackle as well. But by the time that guy breaks out of Murray's tackle, there's four guys, Stephen Parker, Gallimore, 
and a, a couple of others who I'm going to forget that were right there in the mix. And so you kind of you that was the, kind of one of the moments where I thought, well, that could have been really bad because it was some poor tackling. But Oklahoma's rallying to the ball so well that they kind of got away with it. Well, I, to me, the story of the game, uh, I mean, one was defense. Two was the fact that OU lost. And when they lost Mark Andrews, it was the end of the first quarter. And it was a, I want to say it was a 3 nothing ball game at that point, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and then you think, oh, God. I mean, CeeDee Lamb has to really step up here. Or uh, Jeff Bidette really has to step up here. And to think that, that Oklahoma took control of that game using uh, a fullback in Dimitri Flowers, a walk-on in Lee Morris, and a true freshman running back in Trey Sermon, all scored Baker's touchdowns receiving, just made me know that this is a different quarterback in Baker Mayfield, a guy that actually trusts everyone that's on the field with him. Is he, is he quote-unquote, he's making other players better? And I hate that. That, that cliche. That cliche. Sports cliche. Yeah, but it, it's true. I mean, Lee Morris has, and he has, he's caught one pass from Baker and he scored a touchdown. He's got two receptions in his career at OU. And they're both, and they're touchdowns. both touchdowns. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, here's uh, Lincoln Riley talking about some of those young receivers and uh, specifically mentions uh, Lee Morris as far as uh, the, I brought up that he was a walk on. Uh, and here's uh, Lincoln Riley. Yeah, he probably won't be a walk-on much longer. Uh, yeah, it's just you know what I told you guys before. You know, he's he's, he's he trusts them. You know, that's that's what we got. This is the NFL. We're not going to go. We can't go sign a free agent or claim somebody off waivers. You know, this is this is who we have, and and we're good with who we have. And uh, those guys stepped up, made some big plays. You know, Lee's play was obviously huge. I was really proud of uh, Grant Calcaterra. You know, he. He dropped that first one, and most true freshmen, you know, especially in an environment like this, would go in the tank, you know, and he, he jumped right in there. You know, Robert Barnes came in and played really well when Will Johnson got hurt. There was, I saw Trey Brown running down, making some plays on kickoffs. There was a, you know, CD, obviously Trey Sermon. I mean, there was a lot of, a lot of young players that made big time plays in this game. And uh, so, you know, that's uh, really, really proud of those guys and the way they responded to, to this game in this environment. Uh, okay. Uh... I mean that, and to me, that's really the thing: is that uh, Baker Mayfield trusts those guys enough to throw him the ball in key situations. I mean, Lee Morris to throw that ball in between, and the throws he made to Michael Jones, like those, easily could have been picked off, but he put him right in the bucket. He waits a half a second later. That probably is picked off by Kendall Sheffield on the throw on the. Uh, I guess it was the play right before Lee Morris scored. Uh, to the throw to Michael, yeah, the, on the throw to Michael, that probably gets picked off, and everybody's wondering why he throws it. But I think that's kind of what makes Baker Mayfield Baker Mayfield in a way is he took he takes those opportunities and he's cut down on the big ones, and uh, he got he's gotten them through. So it it well, worked out. Everything I mean, went well for Oklahoma on Saturday. And here's the thing: like for Baker Mayfield, I think to put it into context or perspective here, Baker Mayfield is 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 strong a competitor as you'll ever find in the sports. And what he doesn't want to do more than anything is have a turnover. Like the 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 lateral he had to Jeff Bidette, you know that kills Baker. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Jeff Bidette's one of his best receivers. He knows that. He made a lot more plays that night. If you have someone like a Lee Morris, you really don't want to throw him the ball not knowing what he's going to do with it or if he's going to catch it. Or you 
what I'm saying is you really have to trust him, which I'm, I'm actually setting up a point, uh, which is where's Jeffrey Meade? Does Baker Mayfield trust Jeffrey Meade? Two games, and he really hasn't. I think he has one catch for 12 yards. And I'm telling you, I don't know if you noticed this, Josh, but I saw it up in the press box. On some of those plays when Baker was scrambling for his life, I noticed like Jeff Meade wasn't doing anything to try and come back to the ball or, or, or get separation from his defensive back. He just stood there. That's kind of scary. That was a theme that I saw from him, not just on scrambles. Uh, the play early in the had see no, it had been late in the second quarter on OU scoring drive in the first half, the one where they got the, the they're there at the very end of the first half. Uh, the play to Flowers when Ohio State brings the blitz and he just kind of dumps it over the top, uh, and Flowers runs for about thirty. If Meade hustles back and gets a block, Flowers may score a touchdown on that play, but instead he kind of waits. And I mean, I don't want to say once he recognized it or once it was clear he had intent to move to try to make a block that he wasn't trying, because I think he was. But you could see him looking at the play from some of the angles they had, and he was so slow to react to it. I I said it in the report card. I, I don't know how he's still a starter. I, I mean, and I, Eddie knows, I think, the world of Jeff Mead as a human being. Great he person. A great yeah. kid, great person. I love everything about him. I but just don't know if football is important to him. I, I think that's exactly what it is, Kerry. Like, I... I get the feeling that Jeff's a very smart kid and he has a lot of other interests, and I don't know that he has that burning passion to be out there like some of these other guys. You need a guy that will slit someone's throat to get the ball. I don't think Jeff Reed will do that. I, I think that's fair. I mean, I, it, it sounds really awful, but I know what you mean. There's probably a better way to put it. but Yeah, no, I mean, I know what you mean, though. I mean, it... That's got to be the only thing you're thinking about. And, like, I feel like Jeff Mead, like, at halftime, is reading, like, a philosophy book or something. Like, I, I don't I don't know. Like, And that's no shot at him. Like, I think he just has other things on his plate where some of these guys, man, this is, this is what they're thinking about. This is where their mind is all day, every day. Yeah. I mean, that's a big – and, you know, to that end – you know a guy like CeeDee Lamb is just here to play football as a you know wide-eyed true freshman that just wants to glow. He wants to be the guy that goes to Ohio State and makes big catches, and that's what his life is all about. I'm not saying he's stupid or he doesn't care about academics or anything like that. I'm just saying you can tell just by the way people talk to him about him that he is all in on football, uh, and I have an example of that with uh, Baker Mayfield. Here's uh, him talking about CeeDee Lamb. It's been huge, um, you know, to have a young guy that you're able to rely on to step on the field in a big game like that, and you know, not even, not even phase him at all. Um, it's been huge for us, and so that, that's the type of leadership and, and playmaking ability that we look for. You know, if you have the talent and you have that it factor, you come here right away. Obviously, as a true freshman, you can play. So um, that's something that I think is going to help out our recruiting uh, is to show that if you want it, you, you can come play right now. And. One of the things that, I mean, Lincoln Riley was actually asked about Jeffrey Meade today during his press conference, and, uh, you know, he's not going to throw anybody on the bus, and it is, or at least we haven't seen him do that yet, but here was his response. I'd resp- be a fan of it if Here's he did. his response on Meade. He's played, he's played pretty good. He, he's just been one of those guys that the 
for whatever reason, the opportunities just hadn't he hadn't gotten a lot of balls. Um, but I don't think it's been because of anything he's doing wrong. It's just you know timing out that way. So uh, I think he's playing well enough that there's going to be up and down cycles with receivers. That's how it is. And uh, but I, I think his will come. So when, he's in a down cycle. When Ceedee Lamb made the the his first grab of the game on I think it was a third and eight ish maybe. I though he his. His performance was kind of one of my biggest questions going into the game. Was he going to be able to make competitive catches? Was the stage going to be too big for him? And yeah. after he made that first grab, it was like, okay, this guy's this guy's the real deal. He's ready to play. And I mean, he just kept making bigger plays. And even the one with uh, Baker, he I think he scrambled a little bit, and CD worked back to the ball. It's like that's shit you see out of a junior and senior, yeah. not a yeah. true freshman. I, yeah, I remember that play. And here's the problem, though, for Meade is you know, he's out there starting, but if you've got Bidette coming on like he is, and I'm going to say this, it is really weird to me that Bidette looks more explosive on television than he does in person. Like, I didn't notice how much he was just running away from guys. That, the, the, that little screenplay that he picked up, I think it was like 13, 14 yards on the Ohio State sideline. Yeah. I mean, he was faster than every defensive back in the Ohio State. He has blazing speed and, and explosion. I think, I think he's starting to get a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. And you're going to see him. I mean, he's already leading. He's the leading receiver on the team. And I think he is averaging 19 of reception. So, I mean, he's kind of picking up where he's left off, even though you're probably not seeing it as much in the box score as you would want. I think he's really coming on. And, Kerry, you said it yesterday, I think, on our way back, but... He's going to return a couple kicks this year. Yeah, it's just a matter of time. It was they were really close a couple of times in that game, and he's just he's pretty fearless. And it, it was interesting that he was the guy taking the punt returns and not Ceedee Lamb at Ohio State. That's understandable. I why put a freshman in that situation? You could kill his confidence pretty fast. Plus, we saw Bedette even had trouble a couple of times. Yeah, it was. Although he got the one that he kind of muffed. He the Ohio State got called for kick interference, kick catch interference. So it was a Big 12 crew. It was, you know, it was, it, I thought they got most of the calls right. I mean, I don't really, I can't remember anything where I was just like, oh, that was a horrible call. I mean, the catch that Ohio State made when the, Mark, the guy's butt hit. The Mark Andrews pass interference early in the game was, if you're looking at that the end through, zone? Yeah, if you're looking that through in Ohio State. I, I would agree. Yeah. He would have, it would have been a, there was a miraculous lot of, catch. Now the C.D. Lamb one down the middle of the field, he got mugged. Yeah, he got tackled on that. He got tackled. But, yeah, I mean, there was just a lot of tugging and pulling on the Mark Andrews one. I could, yeah, I could see as an Ohio State fan you going, what? Yeah, that was, that was, really that, was the only, that was the only one, though, that I thought. And I haven't watched. I DVR'd. I went through the DVR last night and the just watched all the good stuff. The chop block was legit that they, got, they called against Powers. OU. Yeah. The only other one that I could think, and it's just because they didn't review it, was Motley's second interception. I mean, that's Oh, that was wrong. Yeah, they should yeah. have had that. I mean, that that... I would imagine I, – I meant to ask Lincoln about that today, if they're going to send that into the league office or not. But, yeah, if they would have reviewed that, I think they would have overturned that. Well, it, it was just they'd already set a precedent because it was almost the exact same scenario as the Ohio State catch on the sideline to Austin Mack when he went down and Barnes broke it up as he hit the ground. But he'd hit the ground. I mean, it, it was a catch. And then for Motley, it was the same scenario, and they just didn't review at that time. So, I mean, it didn't end up mattering in the end of the game. But if – that game is 24-16. How much does that, or 24-13 you know, 13 at that point, how much differently does that get handled? I, I wonder if Lincoln yeah. would have automatically called timeout. Uh, the other interesting thing about the game and the game play 
that was done, and I was told this yesterday, that it was actually planned for Baker Mayfield to pretend like he was cramping up during the game because this, I mean, and this is so genius. And I, Lincoln tried to give other people credit for it after the game. I don't know if it was his idea, if it was something that Kale Gundy or Jay Bulware brought to the table, but Lincoln started cramping around. Like I noticed Herb Street and Fowler were making a big deal out of it. They're like, oh, Lincoln Riley or uh, Baker Mayfield looks like he's hurting out there. But then when he'd need to scramble, you could tell he wasn't hurt at all. And then he ran nine, nine yards downfield and he, he jogged back to the huddle just fine. And it's like Baker had to keep, somebody had to keep reminding him, no, play possum. You're hurt, remember? And so what they did was they made it to where it looked like Baker had to come out because of a cramping issue. And so what happens when you bring in a backup quarterback for the first time in that environment? You hand the ball off. And what was genius is they, they'd worked on a play where, he does exactly what you think he would do. And if you're a defense, you're like, okay, this guy's probably going to hand the ball off. He's not going to throw deep or anything like that. So you relax. And what they did is he hands the ball off, but then he option pitches it to him to, and to where he tries to get the corner. He gets nine yards on it. And the whole time Baker Mayfield was faking that he had cramps. And actually, I think it was Dennis Dodd was asking, him, asking Baker about it after the game, and it, it, uh, it was pretty funny. My limp? Your limp. On the Kyler Murray play. On my cramps? Yeah. Was that, was that, were those real cramps? Those are cramps. <laughs> God. <laughs> I mean, I can do a lot of stuff, Mike, but I can't act said, either. Okay. All right. I like how he's, he's grammatically incorrect yeah. as well. I, I didn't realize they had been doing that the entire game, was the fake pitch. I, I, hadn't, I couldn't see that from uh, down on the field. So that was just another nice little wrinkle that Lincoln Riley threw out there. It was... It was genius. By the way, uh, this just in. Oklahoma has been named the uh, Football Writers Association uh, National Team of the Week for their win over Ohio State. They usually give that away every week to whoever was the, had the biggest win. So good thing voters, officially, it's good the thing biggest the, win. Good thing the voters weren't affected by uh, Baker Mayfield's uh, act of inhumanity. It's, it's shame. Baker's shame. Yeah. By the way, uh, that... that Ding, you heard, also signals something that we're doing here at Soonerscoop.com. Uh, kind of to celebrate the big win for OU over Ohio State. We are going, and I know a lot of you people listen to the podcast. Uh, I can tell we have a lot more podcast listeners than we have subscribers just from our numbers uh, that we get every week and every day. So we've got a special for you. If you're not a member of Soonerscoop.com, uh, we want you to come join our community uh, Josh, Eddie, and I were always available for you guys for all your OU football questions. Uh, our message boards are a giant community where people kind of share information. Uh, we put out you know lots of information on recruiting, uh, go even deeper into the team and recruiting than we do on the podcast. We want you guys to be a part of it. Uh, if you like the podcast, support our site. And we've got a special deal for you right now at Soonerscoop.com. Uh, we're offering, uh, if you buy an annual subscription, uh, which is $99.95, we're going to give you not just the year, but we're going to give you an additional five months to celebrate the fact that the Sooners are in the top five uh, for the first time since 2011. So uh, if you punch in the code Sooners Top 5, that's Sooners Top... Top 5 is T-O-P-5, the numeral 5. Uh, Sooners Top 5, when you place your uh, annual subscription order, you will get an extra five months. So uh, we're basically giving you... Almost another half a year of subscription just to subscribe to the Sooner Scoop site. So 
please uh, take advantage of that. Sooner's top five. That's the number five. Uh, and put that in the uh, code when you uh, sign up for your subscription. You'll get an extra five months to Soonerscoop.com. And that is for uh, new members only. So uh, check that out. I uh, wanted to offer that to you. And we'll have more on the site with those details also uh, if, you, uh, just have a problem, if you're just having problems uh, accessing that area. So, guys, I mean, the big win at Ohio State. Uh, Eddie and I spent some time going to see uh, Tavion Thomas as well. Uh, Brian Asamoa commits the day before the big game. I uh, was walking by someone today, and I mentioned Josh Proctor. I won't say who it was, but I just said, hey, good luck with Josh Proctor, and I got a big smile because Josh Proctor was on his official visit to Ohio State. Josh, let me just ask you point blank. Let's, let's, let's start with, with uh, the OU-OSU theme still in recruiting. Do you think this does anything for Josh Proctor? You know, I, it's, not gonna be the, it's not going to be the answer OU fans want. I I don't think so. I, I talked to a few people the other night um, that are well-connected to Josh and know him, and I, I think it gives Oklahoma ammunition to try again. But there is a feeling a lot of people have that it's just, for some reason, he just has his heart set on Ohio State. You know, it's not a... It wasn't about last year's game for him. I think anybody who's met Josh and talked to him, he's a smart kid. He's not someone who makes stuff. Uh, he's not going to make a rash decision over something that's very trivial. So I don't think it was about oh, Ohio State, you know, won last year. I got to go there instead. I think he kind of has the idea to go out of state. I think that's just where it is for him. Uh, and obviously that's paid off for OU recruiting out of state in years past. Certain guys uh, ended up at Oklahoma because of that. I think at this point, it may work against them. Now, the good news is, is while that I haven't heard a lot of positive things about Josh Proctor, I think the door may have started to reopen again with Jaden Woodby. So, yeah, that that's, you know, there, there's a give and a take to this. So, I, if you were going to make me bet right now, I would say Jaden Woodby takes an official visit to Oklahoma. So you and think, at that point, stuff happens. You think most of the stuff that was flying around, I saw the thing, I don't know if it was Justin Broyles that sent it out, but I saw the young DBs like Trey Brown, Trey Norwood, Justin Broyles, and they were all with Jordan Thomas. Do you think that was more for Woodby's uh, uh, benefit than it was for Proctor? I think Justin just recruits. I don't think Justin – I think Justin is a scattershot guy. He's going to do anything he can to make sure people see stuff and are it's in front of them. And that's just the way Justin's wired. Like, Justin – I'd about bet money Justin's going to be a football coach someday. Like, he's just – constantly thinking of what's next, what can help, what can I do to make this situation better. I mean, Justin, Justin Williams guy, he wants to win a national championship. I mean, he wants to go to the NFL and all that sort of thing, but he wants to win a title, and he knows we've got to get even more talent here. We, we need more classes like my class. So that's just what he's thinking about. So, I, like I said, I, I, like, um, I like where they are with Justin uh, – excuse me, with uh, Jaden Woodby. I think this is – He's always seemed like he's been looking for a reason to look around. And I feel like maybe this is his chance to say, okay, I want to go see Oklahoma. Uh, another guy, a, a potential five-star in 2019. And as a little plug to what we just talked about, when we talk about 2019, guys, for those new members that are looking at that promo we just offered, you're going to be able to follow these guys till signing day. That, that This will take you through 2019 signing day. That's how far off this promo runs you. So, 
to kind of get back to the point, though, uh, Noah that Kane, like five-star running back, uh, potential sure. five-star running back in 2019, there's a very good possibility he will be on campus this weekend after being in Columbus last weekend to watch OU's win. So, I mean, this could be two straight weeks of him watching Oklahoma, one where they win a huge game, one where you would think they're going to run through Tulane pretty easily and get to spend a lot of time with him. So that's there. I heard a lot, a lot of positive stuff almost immediately Sunday morning. There was a lot of confidence and yeah, there were, there were guys making phone calls to Oklahoma while on official visits to other programs. I was kind of talking over you there. Say, say who that was again, Josh, for those. Sorry. Who sorry. Yeah. I, I heard you in, you know, me, me just being stubborn. I blew through it. Uh, Noah Kane. Uh, okay. 2019 Rivals 100 back from uh, IMG. So Woodby and Kane could just be visiting together? Well, Woodby won't be there this weekend. Okay. Um, but Kane, Kane is not certain he will be there, but it's likely, in my opinion. Uh, I, I've got a, you know, I don't know. With IMG, I, I haven't really been able to get a solid answer on what a lot of those guys are doing with Irma there. I, I know, like, Ruben Unige is still in Florida. He, you know, I don't know if a guy like Pledger, I know Pledger took uh, a visit to Clemson last weekend. I don't know if he went back to California after that. I don't, I don't really know how that all worked out. So that, that's kind of the question. Kane may be in Denton, Texas, and may just make the trip up I-35 with his family. So, well, yeah, and I got to think, I mean, more than anything, Josh, just this victory can kind of keep the Wolves at bay a little bit that might have been waiting to say, oh, well. I can't wait till Oklahoma loses to Ohio State and we can start trying to pick off some of these 2019 kids. I think that's a very – you're going to get a lot of that. I mean, there are, there are a lot well, of guys – Lincoln Riley, uh, that young coach, doesn't know what he's doing after all. He might not be there very long. Well, yeah, I mean, because guys – Let his players do anything after the game. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we talked about it this summer in the pod, guys, where there was some element of Texas that was saying – well, it's not going to be the same when Lincoln Riley's there. I mean, Bob's great, blah, 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 after spending 20 years telling everybody that Bob was overrated. You know, now now it turns into, well, he can't possibly be Bob. Well, now you got housed at home at Mer- by Maryland, and Oklahoma just went on the road and won in Columbus. So, you and know, you're kind blame, of, And you're blaming it, your it players. Cuts, yeah, it cuts the legs out of a lot of that. So I, I think that's, that's going to be really interesting. I mean, the, the, uh, one of the ones we kind of dropped on the board is – and, you know, I, I, I'm always careful of how much I want to give away through this, but there is a guy that Oklahoma just narrowly missed out on uh, this summer that committed to an SEC school that will almost certainly be visiting Oklahoma unofficially this weekend. So, um, and I, I think I, when he committed, we kind of talked about it in this pod, like, I, we'll see. We'll see how this season ends for the team he picked. And... I think I'm giving enough of it away. Season's not looking like it's going to go real well for these guys. So um, I, I think Oklahoma has a chance to turn, and I'll, I'll give a little bit more away, a linebacker. So You you just got us another one of those star ratings of, wish Josh would re- give out the real information on the podcast instead of making us pay for it. Got You know what? Hey, you know, and we got to... Figure gotta, out working Harry, the message boards credit. first before you start doing that. You guys... I've always given you a hard time about being kind of tough on people and on Twitter. I'm like, man, you guys are almost mean. Not not just almost. You are mean sometimes. <laughs> I'm the friendly one of the three of us with our, with our public personas anyway. Yeah, that's true. But I must say, Gary, you made a tough sale on Twitter the other day. 
Uh, I did. I, I converted guy a guy that was coming you after you. told him to mow your lawn for free. And he signed up. Yeah. That's he the said, best thing ever. He, got, he, he, was being, he was being kind of a, I don't want to say a jerk, but he was being uh, surly about uh, the fact that we charge for information. And I just said, hey, Apple iTunes. As you can tell, I'm trying to bring up uh, site reviews. Uh, I said, hey, my yard needs mowing. What time are you coming over? I can't pay you anything. And he signed up. And ladies and gentlemen, you get what you pay for. That, that's that's a rule of life. If if you're not paying for it, it's like probably not worth worrying about. Josh, do you do infomercials on the side? I do. I do. You know, I I, I was runner up for Slap Chop. I, I was going to be that guy, but it just didn't come through for me. So it would have. It'd been tough to say goodbye. Have to the you ever scoop. bought a Ron Popeil product? No, I I don't ever buy any of that stuff. Like ever, I I, I don't like if it's I tell you what, I'm, I'm really, I just assume it's crap. I would be interested in that uh, that 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 uh, pan you can buy where you can just melt cheese in it and come right out. I love melted cheese. I read about those, Carrie, and everybody I read said they worked for about two months and then they fall apart, like, and then it just stops working like it's supposed to. So the copper's going into your cheese. Probably that's the case. Yeah. So not only are you going to die a few years earlier, but you're, uh, I mean, and and somewhat horribly. You can't eat copper? It's not like iron. You have traces of iron. Yeah, I feel like that. I, I don't know that as a hard and fast rule, but just the thought of eating copper seems bad. Uh, I, I on the subject of eating, by the way, young Mister Radosevich. I'm I'm trying to shame him into branching out a little bit in his life and trying some. Either. I have 45 years of life, Eddie, and I I can tell you, I was kind of like you when I was your age. I only ate like I don't know what you eat. What's the most thing? What's the thing that you eat most regularly? Mm-hmm. And Red Bull doesn't count. Oh, I drink Red Bull. I don't eat it. Uh, it. It basically is a food for you. I don't know. Chicken, probably. From where? Grilled chicken, fried chicken. Not fried chicken that much. Chick-fil-A. You, like, rotate like I do between, like, Cane's, Chick-fil-A, and... No, I basically, I'm a Chick-fil-A. Chicken Express? Chick-fil-A, straight up. You eat it, like, every day, almost? Except Sundays? Uh, no, not every day. I'd, I'd say for sure... Twice a week, at least once a week. Do you do like Taco Bell? No, not really. Or Bueno, or I'll do Bueno. Every once in a while. Taco Casa. We don't have that in Oklahoma City. You have uh, what's the one that we don't have in Norman anymore? It's a car lot now. Mm. Taco Cabana. We don't have that. God, I love Taco Cabana. The only thing that, that the best drive-through quesadilla is the only ever. thing I've ever done at Taco Cabana is drink underage. That's really weird. We used to drink there a lot in high school. Northwest Expressway. Josh knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, so we're we're driving yesterday, and we stop at Love's, which I'm not contractually obligated to do, but I've promised Gay Biker I do that as much as I can when we're traveling. So I stop at Love's, and they have this lovely... I should take a picture of it. It was like a uh, walnut, apple, cherry maple glaze snack and eddie immediately starts chastising me as i get back to the car i just called him a fancy boy he said boy you're fancy today i said just because i have 
maple-covered fruit snacks, and I made him eat it, and he liked it. It was okay. It wasn't better than my granola bar. We ate a fancy pizza with, like, tomatoes and basil on it, and you liked it the other day. It was really good. It was fantastic. It was really good. Is that the most complicated, complex thing you've ever eaten in your life? No. Not at all. So, like, chicken, like... I'm trying to think, like, when we go to restaurants, because I've taken you to nice restaurants. Taking you, like, to Del Frisco's. Steak. Do you like, like... Do you like anything that's weird? No. You don't have you don't like peas or broccoli or carrots. No, no, no. You never have carrots. Uh, I'll eat corn? carrots. Yeah. You like corn? Yeah, I like corn. You need help. A lot of people say that. Eddie, do you do sushi? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. so you eat raw sushi or just like California rolls? California rolls. So you won't eat raw sushi like tuna. I mean, I will, but it's not my favorite thing. I usually like to have a couple. Do you eat seafood bases. at all? No, I've never eaten fish. <laughs> Shut up. You've never eaten fish. Ever. Not like no. I mean, I think I've had never. I think I've had catfish before at like a catfish fry. Just by mistake? Not by mistake, but I've never I don't think I've me and my roommate go round and round about this. I I don't think I've ever had salmon. Do I even say it right? Salmon? <laughs> salmon? It's not salmon. <laughs> yes, it's salmon. <laughs> Never had it. Have no interest Salmon? in having it. I don't think you're missing out. Salmon's not on my top hitters of fish. That that's I'm a huge fish guy. I like just about any kind, but that's that's a skippable. Is the fish. only way you'll eat pork is if it's barbecue? Would you ever have a, like a pork loin? I've had I've had a pork tenderloin. Yeah, I've had a pork tenderloin before. Get a pork chop. I've had a pork chop. Okay. So I would have I would have figured that. You a, eat eggs. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. They're, 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 it's it's strange because we have to figure out what's weird about you. Like, you can't just tell us, yeah, you don't have a basis in eating food to be able to determine what you do, whether it's weird or not. No. I like, do I've never at, had like fish. It's, it's weird. <laughs> I know. Do you look at things or like, okay, I, I want to eat that. Is it like an eye thing? Like it passes the eyeball test? Or is it something like, I know I don't want that because of whatever it is? Uh, I would say it's a little bit of both. Okay. It, it just depends green? on the situation. Do you like green beans? Yeah, I like green beans. Just depends When's on the, the situation. When's the last time you've had a vegetable? I don't know. I, Stupid computer. I have no idea. Like corn this, or anything? I've had corn like last week, probably. I don't know. But a green vegetable. Uh, I had like a salad for lunch four days ago. I'm not talking ago. about salad. I'm talking about vegetables. I have no idea. But you just said Chick-fil-A because you don't want to be embarrassed by the other stuff that you eat, I'm sure. How many nights a, how many nights a week do you eat pizza? Zero. Where do you get pizza when you get it? I mean, Domino's, Hideaway. Oh, God. Hideaway don't, is respectable. Don't let me shame you about Domino's. Look, pi- look, I'm not going to shame about pizza because I'm of the opinion. Pizza to me is like Mexican food. Like, it's hard to screw it up. Yeah, but and every once can. in a while, I like Domino's. People can. Oh, it definitely can be. Like Abuelos is terrible. Anyway, I don't know if we're going to get any further on this topic. I just know that there's something really bizarre about you and food. There's got to be something. very picky. See, I 
I, I think, Carrie, you're a very food-centric person. Like, when I was single, I, I bet my eating was not that different from Eddie's. Like, I, it, as far as I was particular. Like, I, I and I, I'll eat about anything, but, like, I don't like... On a burger, I eat meat and cheese. I don't want lettuce, tomatoes, onions. I don't want any of that crap on my burger. Like I don't like that at all. Eddie, didn't tell me your was it your granddad or something? Your your dad would only eat meat when he ordered a burger. No, it was my grandpa. Your grandpa? Yeah. He'd only get just a burger at Bronx. Just a bun and meat. But that was that's when we were talking about how shitty Barry Trammell's taste buds are. Yeah, he has terrible taste buds. What was it that he 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 ripped on Bob's Big Boy? Because we saw Bob's Big Boy out in Cincinnati. Yeah. He, he said he compared it to what? Uh, he said after like three bites, you it makes you realize you should have just gone to Arby's. <laughs> Which is just weird. He also has said that In-N-Out Burger is no better than a Wendy's. Yeah, it's really strange. I I don't think that's that crazy. Oh, I think geez. In-N-Out so stupidly overrated, it's crazy. I'm not saying it's... Uh, nobody is... I don't think anybody's overrating In-N-Out. It's just a good place to go to get a burger. Ah, I Like, I'm and in Dallas you, all the time, and I don't ever go to In-N-Out. But when, when we would go to the West Coast before In-N-Out was ever in Texas, we would go to In-N-Out, mm-hmm. and it was... Fa- Eddie, you can back me up. It was glorious. Really good. I, I don't know. And see, that's what's weird. It's like... Eddie, I, Eddie and I share some similar food loves. Like, we both love Boston Market. It's pretty good. We both love In-N-Out. Very we good. We both love Shake Shack. Very good. Haven't tried. Very interested. There's a lot of people that, that think Shake Shack is amazing. It's really like, I don't good. think we're in the minority on that. I think that the majority of the listeners would probably say that Shake Shack is, by far and away, probably the best. I think it's the best. It's just expensive. It's a little. But it's just like when Eddie and I went to that fancy modern Italian place and he got spaghetti and meatballs. It was really good. And I got some sort of bizarre thing that was even better. It's like I can't even remember what it was now. It was like braised lamb shank or something. So anyway, I this it just you confound me, and I want you to be better. But you don't want to be better. Can't get much better than this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to erase this whole podcast now. Uh, okay. Anything that, that stood out to you, Eddie or Josh, about the game over the week? I mean, OU now ranked number two. I guess the big question is what now? Because today at the press conference, it was just, it was zombie land. I mean, it was just, I can't really explain it. It was let down. It was hangover. I just wonder, like, ha- now the challenge for the team really is how do you guys move forward without thinking that you know you're the shit and it don't stink I think you and you don't have to do anything now I think you can walk around and thinking you're the shit though when you're but, playing to but still be competitive no you're still motivated to get better and you know I that's kind of what I heard out of Jordan Thomas today was talking about this just validates their mindset and thinking that you know, they, they think that they are really good and they have a little bit of a swagger about them. And I think that it starts at the top. And, it, you know, and I, when we say the top, I, I'm i talking about Baker Mayfield, not Lincoln Riley. And I think that that has kind of trickled down through every player in the program. I mean, you saw Jordan Thomas. I put it on the board. He's out there dancing on the field uh, during the second half of the game on Saturday. Uh, you, you saw guys get up 
you know, even DJ Ward, the quietest guy in the building, had a little bit of a celebration after he got up after a, a, a tackle. And I think that it's just small stuff like that, I think, that has really kind of uh, infected the team a little bit. And I think it's a good thing. I, I think that they have a good thing going. Now you just have to continue it and you have to stay hungry. And I think that it sounds like they very much want to do that. You know what was interesting is talking to Mike Stoops after the game and just Baker Mayfield, the way that they were talking about him. Basically, Baker Mayfield, like usually you would think, okay, you have your quarterback, he's the leader of your offense, everybody looks up to him, you know, he organizes all the 7-7 seven and seven stuff in the summer, he organizes the voluntary workouts. But like talking to Mike Stoops, I'm going to play this clip, I've never heard... Like, defensive guys talk about an offensive guy like they talk about Baker Mayfield. I mean, he literally is the heartbeat of this team. Right. And uh, here's Mike Stoops talking about Baker. Yeah, and, and Baker Mayfield gives you a great, great opportunity, too. So, um, you know, and that's the other thing. I think our guys feed off Baker. He's, he's an unbelievable leader. He's an incredible player. Um, you know, he's, his play does all the talking, and he did it on a national scene against the, the best defense in America, or the best D-line in America. I know they're better than the, what, Cleveland Browns? Is that? No, it's Buccaneers. The Buccaneers, okay. So, you know, they, uh, you know, our offensive line gave him a chance to do a lot of things. So that's, uh, has I think, Baker's, very. Has his attitude, is it rubbed off on the defense? Always. Yeah, he, he has a, another guy that, you know, we all feed off of him. Uh, every one of us, coaches, players, and never seen a guy like him. I mean, I wouldn't trade him for anybody in, in America. It's just, it really does show you how special this guy is. And, and the fact that he got this extra year from the Big 12, uh, boy, has that saved the Big 12's ass. Yeah, it's like a little revenge tour almost at the, at the grace of the Big 12. But, I mean, think about it. If you don't have Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma, they don't win this game against Ohio State. TCU's not playing as well as they – you don't have you, – you only have OSU, really, and TCU. And, you know, West Virginia's already lost, but th that's the most marquee win the Big 12 has had in modern since, – since they've gone to a 10-league team. I think it's so stupid, too, that because OU won, now it's like, oh, well, maybe the Big 12 isn't so bad because of one game. Like I, I just think the conference thing is is completely overblown to begin with. Well, it's it's used. I think it's used by people that want to, you know, have something against the Big Twelve, which is yeah. people that cover the the SEC, the ACC, the Big Ten. Nobody in the Pac twelve gives a shit, so yeah. they're not ripping the the nobody's Big ever, Twelve. Nobody's ever looking to anybody from the Pac twelve for a, <laughs> a thought on a what's voice. going on with college. There's football. no college football voice in the Pac twelve. Yeah. Maybe maybe they should send Joey Galloway out to uh, cover the Pac-12, and he could just be on his own island. That doesn't mean that I won't stop trolling him. But <laughs> are you trolling him on Twitter? Yeah, I will every every Saturday he, from here on he out tweet? until he blocks me. Uh, Do you think he picked Oregon State to win the Pac? Uh, I mean, based on his Big Twelve prediction, he probably mm -hmm. picked Arizona State. And he was begging for an opportunity to change his Big Twelve pick this week, right? What a huge bitch! God. He triggers me more than anybody in this world right now, I think. Kim Jong-un, Joey Galloway. Those are my the two most hated people in my life right now. I'm trying to think of somebody you hate more. Because there has to be. You probably know the third, but we're not going to talk about him on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Well, there's people in our industry. I say that loosely.
But, I, I mean, look, OU is number two. I think, well, in the AP, the coaches still have number three. It's going to be interesting. Now, did Clemson lose their quarterback, or is he just, does that come out today? Any updates on him? Did he just have a concussion? Or I haven't seen yet. Uh, I know that he was, he got hurt, obviously. I don't, I don't know what the situation is, though, on his health. By the way, I bet Jarrett Stidham wishes he could repick his school about right now. Because that offensive line at Auburn is horrible. Well, if it wasn't Auburn, it was going to be A&M. So I don't know how happy he'd have been with anything. He'd be better than what A&M has right now. Oh, that's, oh, there's no question about that, but I still think it'd be a dumpster fire. A&M was impressive over the weekend, though. I beat Nickel State by 10, right? Just get it over with. Fire someone. Let's move on. Leave my boy out of it. It's not his fault that he coaches at a shitty program. It just it's has unrealistic expectations. Exactly. Like, it's not his fault that he... So you're saying just move on and keep sucking and take him out of it. Yes. Kevin Sumlin doesn't deserve that. Yeah, he's... I mean... I mean, it it's, just hasn't it's not his fault that he works at a program that has been sculpted like a cult. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, Texas isn't much better off. Nope. I mean, they're they're so... And we've talked about this before, but Texas is so bloated from a, a administrative standpoint that I don't know that they'll ever be good. Is it just a case of too many I mean, cooks at, in the kitchen? Look, yeah, is that look the, at Oklahoma. At Oklahoma, you have David Bourne, you have Joe Castiglione, and you have the football coach. Right. At Texas, you have a university president that probably doesn't give two shits about athletics. Then you have like the the you know the athletic director for men's, the athletic director for women's, the athletic director for people whose feelings are hurt all the time, and there's all kinds of red tape. You have you probably have an athletic director for equipment. I don't know what the hierarchy is there. But it just seems to me that there is there is no one to answer to to get things done at Texas. I mean, yeah, they got $10,000 lockers for kids. What good is that doing them? It probably should have gone the other way. And just, What's the other way? Uh, not spending ten thousand dollars on a locker. I mean, I think that a lot of what like kind do of do what OU did and ha- ha- give ba- temporary trailers. Basically, I think a lot of the success that maybe even in this season that Oklahoma has reaped was because of the would it be the humbling process of living in a locker for two years? It would. Is that be, the best yeah, way I mean, to put it? I guess it would be like if we had unlimited funds. And, you know, we built this studio that we have now with a bunch of people that can't really talk. <laughs> and you just have really good sounding idiots, which we are. But we try to be at least entertaining. I mean, Texas, just they have everything that they want. They just, it's impossible to get it done. It is going to be very interesting. Even, I mean, it's amazing looking back at what Mac Brown did there now. Yeah. He was the perfect. He was perfect for it, though, because he could play both sides, or from the outside looking in, it, it yeah. appears that he could. I mean, he did it his way, which is kind of a weird way with the Texas high school coaches and all that stuff, locking down the state. But that's worked better than anything else has. Yeah. But I just think OU is set up really. I mean, look at. I can't imagine. I could not have imagined it would go this seamlessly, at OU. I I don't think that you know. 
I mean, you and just obviously, went to you just went to Ohio State, beat the number two team in the country with a brand new coach, with your old coach sitting there waiting to hug everyone after it was over. <laughs> That's bizarre, and it, it's working. Is it more impressive that OU went to Ohio State and won, or more impressive that Lincoln Riley just straight up outcoached Urban Meyer? I don't know. Can that you he separate the two? I don't know that he outcoached Urban Meyer. I, I mean, think he, he did. just had a better team. I don't know if I. Yeah. I mean, look, Kevin Wilson's not an idiot. He's a great offensive coordinator. Right. He doesn't have the he doesn't have the quarterback, and I know they're not going to bench JT Barrett. They should. But I don't know what they have behind him. Yeah, I don't know what the guy behind him can do. I mean, Kevin Wilson's the only one that can determine whether the offense would be better with or without him. He's a three-year team captain. I mean, he's basically there, Trevor Knight. Yeah, there's no way he's getting benched. I mean, and Trevor, I mean, guy was the Big Twelve, Big Ten Player of the Year as a sophomore. Yeah, like he, I, something's happened to him. Like he's a much more passive guy than he used to be, and I, I, I don't, I don't know what it is. But I, I will say the thing that is kind of crazy to me that I keep hearing. Like I, I was watching God, you know, I was I was watching Lincoln Riley on Feinbaum earlier, and Afterward, he goes and he's talking to Greg McElroy. And Greg McElroy's talking about 1-85. to 85, If you look at Ohio State and you look at Oklahoma, I think everyone would say the Ohio State's more talented roster by a pretty wide margin. And I'm like, what are you guys watching? Like, I, I don't know what... There's just this narrative that if you're in the Big 12, you can't be talented. It's just got to be about your gimmick offense and you can't actually have NFL players. Especially like, Oklahoma's got four starting offensive linemen that'll play in the NFL. Two of them are first-rounders. Uh, they've got, uh, I mean, at quarterback, I, I think there's no question Baker Mayfield is starting to make people rethink whether he can be an NFL quarterback. Um, even myself, like I, I've always been like, no way, no how he's starting to do some stuff that you're like, man, I don't know how long you can ignore that. Um, well, the thing about Baker is he's never lacked arm strength. No. And, and you hear that all the time. Like, I don't know about his arm. What are you watching? He's, I mean... Does he have the strongest arm I've ever seen? Hell no. You know who did? Ryan Mallett. How'd that go? <laughs> you know who so, just... Eddie just informed me this before the show started. You know who just lost the starting quarterback job at Nevada? Maybe one of the hardest-throwing kids I've ever seen in David Cornwell. Well, and there was a lot of competition for a quarterback at Nevada. A lot of elite guys. Did their starter get hurt and they had to name a... The, open up the competition again eddie i don't know is that what happened? i just saw the tweet and it said that they were going with a true freshman so uh, that that almost made me think that they haven't played very well and they're going with they're zero two right now so let's see who their losses are to i bet they're impressive their first one wasn't bad they played somebody pretty tough northwestern uh, was their first one yeah second one was toledo they got beat 37 to 24 they're a good program when they're no, not I mean, that, there's no shame in shaving. that. We met... No, that's uh, Akron. Never mind. We met a waitress, was it Friday night? Mm-hmm. Who was classmates with, uh, what's his name? Cream Hunt. Cream Hunt. Small world. She had a nice butt. Yeah, she was cute. I liked her. I like it when waitresses wear yoga pants. They do in Cincinnati. Uh, okay, so I think we've gotten enough out here in our mid... Our emergency podcast, whatever we're calling this thing. But we want to remind you guys, we do have a special going on to celebrate OU reaching the top five. If you're not on Sooner Scoop, we would love to have you as a member. 
Give us a try. Until Josh explained, I, I, I'm afraid it's too good of a deal. I don't know how long I want to let this go. <laughs> uh, because Josh informed us that if you get this deal, you sign up for a year and you get an extra five months, which means it takes you all the way through signing day of 2019. So from here, that means you'll get to experience two full recruiting classes on Soonerscoop.com. You'll get to watch eight, them put the cap on 18 and then in February sign them. Plus, you get to watch them chase down all of 2019 until they get signed. So that's a really good deal. $99.95, get an annual subscription for new subscribers, and we will give you five months free, which means you go all the way through 2019 recruiting class, signing day. So pretty good deal. Give it a look. Give it a try. Sign up with us. You will not regret it. There you go. Is that a good sales pitch, Josh? I liked it. I liked it. That was... You know, we we all know I I'm I'm the whore of those things. So, uh, but no, very very strong. I really like the performance. Okay. Do it or die. So uh, Tulane coming up <laughs> this week. I know nobody's really interested. It is pay per view. Uh, we'll have all the details on that on the website. We don't do it, so we're not really we don't really care. It's not affecting us. We'll be at the game. I'm not I'm I'm not buying the pay per view game just so I can have it on my DVR. I never do that. They'll replay it at they like replay it 9 a.m. on Monday. Well, I think Sunday or something like that. Or Monday. It's Monday usually Monday. Or something. So anyway, Josh will be able to do his Monday morning idiot off of that. So that's long enough for this podcast. Uh, we did it. We promised it. It's done. We appreciate all you guys listening. Uh, love the numbers. You guys want any ratings or reviews before we get out of here? We've had some new ones. Only if they're good. Eddie hates that there's one. I told you about this one the other day, Eddie. There's one from someone named Norman Stooley. Probably a good dude. You know what I bet he doesn't? You know what I bet he doesn't do? Get up in arms about what Baker Mayfield did after the game. (laughs) Okay, here's Norman Stooley. The title of his review is Best Out There. Five stars. Easily the best OU podcast on the internet. Oh, this is bad. From actual recruiting reporters and not creepy dudes that go by aliases. And uh... okay, moving on. That's a great review. I, he does. Say, I think that's the best one we've ever had. He does say, "Please give Eddie a raise at the end of his." Jeez, I swear to God, I didn't write that. That is, I think you wrote that. I think you passively, aggressively made that account just to take a shot at some people that think that like. I remember when I got in the in the big Twitter beef, people thought that I I was creating aliases to to that take shots at people publicly. Shamed people, for. I don't, I don't, I would never do that because I'm not a fucking loser, and I I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Uh, Josh teased info a little bit today, so this review is for him. It is from Monsieur Glissant. Boy, only four out of five stars. I don't mind. See, this is my thing. I told you guys, if you want to give a smart-ass review, we totally encourage it. Just give us four out of five. So don't give us a one star, just so you can be a smart-ass. Four out of five stars. This is a must-listen for the real Sooner fans. However, if you want the full uncensored Josh sauce, subscribe to the real site. Remind you, Sooner's Top 5 is our special right now. I don't know how I feel about that review. Josh Sauce is 
that that borders on uncomfortable for me. You are producing a lot of babies these days. Yes. Um, mm. Here's one from I am Red Chef. I should read these before I say, uh, before I say them on the air. A plus plus. Yes, two pluses. Perfect amalgam of OU insights, recruiting updates, and occasional views into the degenerate organism known as Eddie. I like that. Can we get Eddie's trying to say amalgam? Amalgam? I oh, can, hey, well, there you go. I can say it if I hear it. Yeah, I mean, that's a totally different thing than reading it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, okay, and one last review. This is from Dr. Dad 12. Very entertaining is the title of his review. Five-star review. The trio of Carrie, Eddie, and Josh make for a highly entertaining podcast. Thank you. Their inside information, recruiting news, and nonsensical tangents are second to none. The breakdowns of how Eddie should attack a blind football player was worth five stars in itself. A definite must-subscribe for Sooner fans. And it's Eddie, fairly... Don't. It's fairly simple. You never decided, ground. You never ground and pound. A blind never ground person. and pound, and just run around them. Stay moving, Eddie. Or ask him to read a chapter of a book, and whoever finishes first will be the winner. <laughs> they do print it books in Braille. He would probably kick your ass that way. Uh, his hands would be busy, so he couldn't. <laughs> Oh, Eddie's going to punch him while he's reading the Braille. <laughs> Did you get through that sentence? Bam. How about that sentence? Bam. <laughs> Can't wait until we hear from like the, the PETA of blind people. What is that? <laughs> I think it's just called... What is that? You have a computer in front of you. you look it up. I don't know. I'm scared. Just Google the PETA of blind people. I'm sure it's going to go perfectly. <laughs> I, I guarantee you, J. Brent Clark is trying to become its chairman right now, so he can come after you. Oh, I'm sure. He's an activist. Good luck doing that with 430 followers, bud. Will you stop with J. Brent Clark? You brought it up. You, you encouraged him. That's on you. You set it I'm up. I'm just saying, J. Brent Clark is a fine American. He cares about things, Eddie. What do you do? Uh, I don't know. Nothing, I guess. I bet Jay Brent Clark has never listened to our podcast because he certainly, he follows us. Probably can't figure out how to download it no, first. No, shut up. We're getting dangerously close to you breaking the rules that we've set. That you've broke millions of times? How have I broke? I have not called anyone a loser. And that was the one rule, that you can't call OU fans losers for loving OU too much. I gotcha. All right, Josh has got to get out of here. Uh, we've got to end the podcast. So, Josh, thank you very much for your insights once again. And I believe he's hung up. <laughs> he knew to get out of here before it got really bad. Okay. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, our levels are way off because Josh left. So, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, we will see you later on, probably in the week. I'm not making any promises for another podcast, another edition of the Unofficial 40 on Soonerscoop.com. Podcasts from Soonerscoop.com.